Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Clowder from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Welcome you to worship anytime on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 10.30, and thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead. A reading from Hebrews. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith our ancestors received approval. By faith we understand the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A gospel reading from the twelfth chapter of Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet, so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat, and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. But know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Christ. All right, you may be seated. Grace and peace to you, my siblings in Christ. So our assigned readings these last two weeks have focused on stories in Luke 12 that have money as kind of the central figure in what Jesus is teaching about and instructing upon. So today in our lesson, Jesus tells his disciples that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Something we've probably heard before and maybe we've, we've kind of taken that verse for granted. It seems kind of simple, but you know, as we talked about with the kids this morning, it's really true, isn't it? And so this is a great opportunity for us as a church to talk about our treasure you know, I think it's important to talk about money when we aren't specifically asking for it, you know, as a response to a stewardship campaign or a capital campaign or even one-time donations uh, where we're looking to help a family or, or a specific need in the church. It's a chance for us to talk about how last week I, I pulled in uh, Lynn Twist's book, The Soul of Money, and, and how in her book she writes this companion uh, to, a, to a book, uh, to these readings like this, where uh, she's telling about her experiences in the nonprofit world and how money can bring joy, especially when uh, with the appropriate mindset. And so she has a chapter in her book that lines up really well with our scripture today. It's about how our treasure and our heart line up together. Uh, she says, she calls this chapter, What You Appreciate Appreciates. What You Appreciate Appreciates. Think about it like this. She says in our money culture, where a desirable house in a desirable neighborhood appreciates in dollar value from year to year. What else appreciates? Well, it's also true in our personal relationships when our appreciation of someone else's special qualities can help make them bloom 
right before our very eyes. What you appreciate appreciates. How about this? What, what about in business? When a company's commitment to its employees will foster pride and excellence in their work. This is really what she's talking about, how appreciation, how we appreciate others, how we appreciate the things in our life, they can become a powerful, intentional practice to create value. And it's a way for us to have some deliberate attention to the values and the things that we already have and maybe appreciate the things that we don't necessarily always appreciate. She says we, so think about it this way. She says that when we focus on the things that we are lacking, maybe the things that are in, that, that we think are lacking in our lives or in our work or in our family, how that can become our focus. We can really dwell on that, can't we? Like it will lead to these growing thoughts of fear or scarcity. There's really no amount of money that's ever going to be enough when that's our constant mindset. She said there's a shift that needs to happen when we focus on our capacity to sustain ourselves and our families. Even in adverse times, that's, that's when we can truly appreciate our ability to meet that adversity head on, to be able to learn and grow from those adverse times, and then even to be able to create value where no one could have imagined it to be possible. Small makes sense in theory, doesn't it? But what about in real life? What about the attitude that it takes to be able to actually embrace this? Can we actually will ourselves to have a positive attitude and appreciate things even when things might be falling apart? I think our attitude matters. And so in her book, Lynn Twist talks about a person named Audrey. She tells the story of Audrey is, is this woman who's gone through a divorce. And she's been married to a very wealthy husband who was emotionally abusive to her and also cheated on her. And so Audrey had put her career on hold. And so she had a career as a children's clothing designer. And she, for 20 years, had to put that aside. And she raised the children and essentially did whatever her husband had told her to do. And she continued to realize that he was always kind of putting her down always saying, you're not smart enough, you're not good enough, you can't do this, let me just take care of this, until he was ready to move on to something else. And so as the divorce proceedings were playing out, this estranged husband played every trick in the book. He used his lawyers to lowball the, the settlement, and basically she was left feeling worthless and depressed and angry and discouraged. And of course, because of what he had done, she was also broke. And that's when Lynn, Twi Lynn Twist met with Audrey. She was at this low point in self-esteem, this low point in income. And as the two of them met and started talking, Lynn Twist talked about the conversation needed to shift to her true assets. She wanted Audrey to think about the people in her life who loved her unconditionally and appreciated her. Well, of course, that wasn't the relationship that she just exited, but there were plenty of relationships in her life that she could point to. Family members quickly came to mind, her daughters, her parents, her siblings. So too did her close lifelong friends and even some newer acquaintances that had popped up into her life in recent times. And none of these relationships she had noticed relied on money as the glue that held them together. When it was all said and done, she came up with about 20 people, people who loved her unconditionally and appreciated her. Then Lynn Twist said, look, I need you to do something. I need you to think of all of the qualities that these people 
would say about you? What are the things they appreciate about you? Things that they've told you, things that you have noticed that have, that have come up that they appreciate about you. And so Audrey had the opportunity to say, well, these, these loved ones say that I'm clever, I'm generous, I'm enthusiastic, I've got a great sense of humor. And suddenly, Audrey was noticing that she was building these assets of character. Twist helped her to realize how wealthy she truly was, and it had nothing to do with what was in her bank account. Now, Audrey still had some fear, which she was able to admit, but she also noticed now she was building confidence. And so Lynn Twist asked her a question. She said, Audrey, I need you to think about 25 years from now. How are you going to tell the story about what just has happened in your life? How are you going to be able to explain this period after your divorce? 25 years from now, what are you going to say is the thing that got you through those first few years? So she had to be reflective. She pondered, well, what, what, what would it take? And so Audrey said, well, I, I think I'd have to say that I stopped letting fear prevent me from doing the things I loved. And yes, I might be afraid, but I'm going to do it anyway. I realized I have to trust myself. And so Lynn Twist pushed a little bit harder. She says, well, what about your breakthrough? What's going to be the thing that allows you to know that you're sufficient and that you are enough? And Audrey realized she had the answer right in front of her. She said, I think I'd have to say that I stopped waiting for someone else to tell me what to do. She'd put so much of her energy into listening to that voice, that voice telling her she wasn't enough. She realized if she applied all of her energy into believing, into believing in herself, she could go so much further. And so she did. She started her own children's clothing line. She did this by building networks, by finding mentors, by taking the time to get more education and attending seminars. And so as Lynn Twist reflected on this, she realized that for Audrey, her relationship with money also changed. Instead of being afraid of not having enough, she focused her attention on doing what she loved. Now, Twist doesn't use this exact language, but it truly does echo the words from Jesus today who says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is like living that out right there in front of us. Audrey realized her, her worth wasn't measured in money. Her, her worth was her true value, her treasure. And it could be found by examining what was in her own heart. After Jesus says this line and what we heard in the rest of our reading today, he provides some further instructions. Right? He teaches his disciples what it means to actually live this out. He tells them, you, you know, okay, great. Where your heart is, that's your treasure. Well, then you have to be ready for action. Be dressed for action. Have your lamps lit. As Christians, we can't just be burned out. We have to go out into this world ready for action. Be ready. Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again. Are we ready for that? My favorite part of this reading is a line that happens right after what was our reading for the day. Because I love the disciples. I love it when the disciples just kind of throw us a little monkey wrench, right? Because then Peter chimes up, right? 
it's, it's too bad this wasn't part of the assigned reading because Peter then raises his hand or whatever he does, right? And Peter says, hey, Jesus, are you telling this parable for us or for everyone? Oh, Peter. We all have a little Peter. That voice of Peter, Simon, the disciple, the rock. We all have that voice in our heads sometimes, don't we? Come on, come on, admit it, folks. I know some of you are sitting in the pew right now thinking, man, this sermon, this is great. I really hope that he's listening to it. There's some of you who are thinking to yourself, oh man, I really, really love this sermon because it's really something that my neighbor needs to hear. Oh Jesus, I love that parable that you told because it definitely throws my neighbors under the bus. (sighs) Sorry folks, this is for all of us. Where our treasure is, that's where our heart is also. So how do we live this out? I mean, it should be really easy, right? Like, just do the things that give you joy. Do the things that you love. Give that that fills your heart. And we can do that, but oftentimes we don't because we're distracted. We're tempted. We hear false messages that we think are the, the things that are giving us our worth, right? Living out what truly is in our heart should be our goal. And that's what Christ has set for us. Think about it, especially in your own life. When you're living out what is in your heart, when you're being authentic and genuine, doesn't everything else just kind of fall into place? When you're guided by your faith, doesn't it all just seem to make sense, even through adversity, even through the tough times? Doesn't that just give you hope again to say, oh, that's right, Christ is with me. I'm dressed for action. I am ready to go. My lamp is lit. I'm ready to go out into the world. So what fills our hearts when we go out into the world? Do you have to sit here today and think, well, oh man, I have to create a whole list of these things that I need to go acquire. You already got them. I know you do. I look out and I see all of the gifts that you have. Who are the people in your life that encourage you? What are the things that give you joy? What are the things that fill your heart, that inspire you, that fill your treasure chest? So, the kids got one of these, but you get to take one of these today too. And if you don't have one, if you didn't grab one when you walked in, we'll have the ushers come down after the sermon today. If you don't have a pen, find one during faith break. I don't need this in the next three minutes, but I do want to see where your heart is filled. Write a few words, draw a picture. I don't care what you do. I want to know whatever it is that fills your heart. So a few of the treasures that I've thought about this week to give you perhaps a few ideas. You know, as Peter says uh, this, I think about some of the ways that we're being inspired. For where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. For me, one of the things that fills my heart especially is this congregation. The mission of faith to always be looking outwards, to always be saying, wow, there's something that God is calling us to do. I love the fellowship of this congregation. I love the ways that we come together, the ways that we're inspired by one another, the ways that we support our youth, the ways that we support lifelong learning. I love the ways that we're just never complacent, that being part of God's mission is something that we take seriously. Second, what else would I write on my my heart? Family. 
Now, for you, this might be something very specific. It might be a specific name. It could be anything. Uh, for me, I, I keep thinking of all of the ways that my family, how are we doing things together? How are we able to, to support each other? How are we able to, to give love and receive love from each other? To give and receive grace. To give and receive forgiveness. That's clearly going to go on my heart. And then maybe a way to think about how those go together. I think about God's creation and ways that God has called me and you to be a steward of God's earth. And one of the ways I see this is just how often I find myself, the things that bring me the most joy, I seem to find myself outside. And I love the ways that God has done this, how God has called me to be a steward of God's creation and God's beautiful earth. So what about you? What treasures fill your heart? Music or prayer, quiet or laughter. Maybe it's a pet, a sports team, a good book. Maybe it's your grandkids or grandparent. I know that we have a lot of treasures to fill up these hearts. I can't wait to share as you turn those in today. And if you want, you can give those to the ushers after uh, they've come forward. Or you can put those in the offering plate as you leave today. Because it's a gift to be able to remember the things that we appreciate. Appreciate. I'd like to think that this is how God cherishes each and every one of us. That we are in God's hands. And God loves us. We are beautiful creatures created by God who appreciates us. Even when we don't think we're enough, even when we doubt ourselves, even when we are just stuck and can't take a step forward. Christ says, I'm here. I'm right here. And I treasure you. And with us, that's where Christ's heart is also. Amen. Thank you.